Welcome to the Talent Development Think Tank Podcast. The number one podcast for learning and talent development professionals. Now here's your host, Andy Storch. Welcome to the Talent Development Think Tank Podcast. I am your host, Andy Storch. I'm excited that you are joining me today for another great episode and interview to help you up your game and improve your capabilities in the world of talent development. And today we're going to be talking about the topic of career development and more specifically, talent mobility and building an internal talent marketplace. Now, this is a topic that has come up a lot recently as I've been speaking with L&D practitioners, talent development professionals, and especially career development professionals in larger companies, tech companies, more progressive forward-thinking companies are all starting to think about and talk about how can we create more talent mobility? Is there a way to create more of a talent marketplace where we can match up the skills that we have in the organization or the potential we have in the organization with the skills we need, with the positions that we need to fill? And can we help people grow more in their careers by staying right here with so many different types of roles and projects that are available. I'm starting to see more companies starting to build this out. I've worked with some companies on this as a speaker and a trainer where they're bringing in the technology, they're putting the platform in place and need some help with the mindset. So if that's you, feel free to reach out. That's something I love working on. And I was really excited when I reconnected with one of our previous podcast guests who had taken on a new role and was fully immersed in building out a robust internal talent marketplace. And we are going to dig all into that today. My guest today is Deep Mahajan, who is a strategic L&D professional with a ton of great experience, especially in the tech world. She has been recognized as a thought leader and innovator in the learning and development space with a proven track record of expertise in performance, culture, and organizational development. And she currently works as vice president of talent management at Juniper Networks in the Bay Area. And as I mentioned, Deep and her team have been busy building out a robust internal talent marketplace that is creating more talent mobility, more opportunities for gigs, more opportunities for mentorship, and many others. And we dig into all facets of that, why they're doing it, what's driving it, how they're standing it up, what's the technology they're using, how are they getting leaders on board, how are they getting users, you know, people to actually use it, how are they shifting the culture around it, shifting mindset around it, and what are some of the challenges that have come up, the things that have gone wrong. We get into all that in this conversation. It's really a good one. If you have been thinking about building a talent marketplace or creating more talent mobility, this is one that you're really going to enjoy. Before we get into it, want to remind you that this podcast is brought to you by the Talent Development Think Tank membership community. And in that community, we have a live call every Wednesday with different guest speakers on different topics around talent development. And I've already invited Deep and asked her if she would join us as a guest speaker to lead us in a conversation about talent mobility and building an internal talent marketplace. And she has graciously accepted. So we will be scheduling her for a call later this year. If you're not yet a member, you need to come check us out. If you work in L&D, you need a community of people around you to support you. And that is what we are all about. It's about helping you improve your capabilities and achieve more career success. The website is talentdevelopmentthinktank.com. Just go there and click on community. You'll find all the info on our three tiers and everything that we're doing there in the community. And if you have any questions, of course, you can reach out to me. Deep was previously on our podcast, episode number 147, which came out in January of 2020, in which we talked about the work that Deep and her team was doing at the time at Nutanix and her philosophy on talent development. So 
So if you want more info on Deep's background, go back and check out episode 147. And now, without further ado, here is my new conversation with Deep Mahajan, who is Vice President of Talent Management at Juniper Networks. All right, I am joined now by Deep Mahajan, who is the VP of Talent Management at uh, Juniper. And Deep, I'm so excited to have you back on the podcast. The last time was almost four years ago, maybe a little bit longer, episode 147, which came out in January of 2020. And I remember we talked a lot about the programs you've been developing up to that date. And I'm I'm curious to catch up with you now that you're in this new role and building all things around talent mobility. So welcome to the show. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me, Andy. And I'm so excited to be back. And yes, like you said, time flies and it seems like yesterday I was there and it's already four years. I'm looking forward to our conversation today. Yeah. Amazing how time flies and all the things that we learn and do over the course of say four years. And a lot of things can change as well. A lot has changed in my world, has changed your world. And I'm curious, you know, maybe just starting out, one of the big changes for you is making this move over to Juniper and running talent management there. I wonder if you could talk about that opportunity and and why that was attractive to you as the next phase in your career. Yeah. Very happy to talk about that. Yes, Juniper Networks is my my latest move. I moved from Nutanix where I was handling a, a similar role. Juniper presented this great opportunity, especially when I discovered what Juniper was thinking on in terms of developing people and you know its aspiration to really make a mark in terms of how we develop, how we retain, how we think about uh, our people and, and their work experience with the organization. I did find some innovation that was just waiting to sort of happen. And I saw myself going and grabbing that opportunity. In fact, some very pioneering ideas like launching an internal talent marketplace, being one of the organization who, you know, even though we were going through great resignation, uh, Juniper's experience was, you know, pretty, pretty good, I would say, in terms of retaining. And to that point, you know, I felt like it is just the right environment where I can go and continue to do what I love most, which is innovate and create products and solutions and employee experiences you know, that, that can stand out that are irresistible for, for employees. Yeah. I love that. I'm curious, you know, what's your general philosophy on talent development these days and how has that changed maybe since the last time we talked in 2019? Yeah. So, you know, there are some timeless aspects of development uh, philosophies, right? And those are the reasons why at least I have chosen my career into this space. And I do believe in the power of development uh, for all, right? And every person has this journey in front of them to develop themselves. You know, sometimes we do it consciously, sometimes we do it unconsciously, but it happens, right? And so in my role as as the leader of this function in in the organizations that I, I work in, I really get a lot out of knowing that the solutions that we are making is leading to taking people from one point in their development to other, and it is available to all, right? So it's not not limited. Now, while it is available to all, the strategy in my role comes from the fact on how you're focusing on certain segments and getting them to, to focus on aspects of development, which can enhance their impact, right? So in terms of thinking about 
how that happens in today's times versus what was happening earlier, that context is obviously evolving, right? Like what development is most meaningful for employees? The employees' expectations from their own development is increasing. You know, it is not no longer a task that they are in avoidance mode that, oh, I will also do a development program, right? It is something that they want and they expect and they hope to get out of their careers, right? And so the new evolution, as you would be very well aware of, is how skills are becoming this new currency for Mm. development, right? Um, And that, I would say, is the new part of the philosophy where how do you really empower employees in meaningful ways to direct their development using skills, right? Because now you have, you can say if development is the molecule, then skills are the atoms, right? And how do you make that awareness known to employees and the employer so that they can more meaningfully have an exchange around around development, right? So that I would say is the new and more exciting part of how to think about development in today's times, the, the skill-based orientation. Yeah. Yeah, I've been hearing that more and more from companies and experts that are talking about focusing more on skills. What are the skills of the future that are immediate that are going to be needed? What skills do we have today? How do we upskill, reskill? And I think that that kind of goes hand in hand with uh, one of the things that I know you're working on there at Juniper, which is building up more of a gig economy and and more project you know type work. And I want to get to that, but backing up a little bit, you mentioned earlier one of the things that was attractive about joining Juniper Networks was the opportunity to build this internal talent marketplace. And this is something that I'm now hearing a lot more about from some of the more progressive companies, a lot of tech companies that are larger, at least, you know, five, 10,000 employees at, at a minimum, usually to think about how can we create some type of marketplace where people can really move around and find different opportunities. I'm starting to work with companies on this. So I'm curious, you know, what got you interested in this idea of building an internal talent marketplace? Right. And I think the starting point is this whole shift of mindset where, you know, as an employer, as an HR for an organization, the goal used to be how to keep people in their jobs, right, and retain Mm. them. Right. And so it sort of breaks the chains on on that mindset and and tells that, oh, actually, you don't need to keep people in, in their jobs. Right. You they are looking for development. And if you truly have to go in that direction, then then you can create possibly a marketplace of talent internally within an organization where there is free trade between skills and requirements, right? And this whole idea of internal talent marketplace becomes even more powerful because it has it benefits the organizations as much as it benefits the employees, right? From an organizational perspective, if you look at the macro environment, there are like talent always goes through those ebbs and flows of like, sometimes we have surplus, sometimes we have shortage. But if you look at great talent, like niche talent, that's always in scarcity, right? So constantly organizations are looking to see how they can, you know, get that talent or retain that talent, right? On the other hand, they also have the need to change fast and be agile and respond to the customer needs, right? And they want their current talent to be able to do that. Now, when you have an internal talent marketplace, you have now created a supply of talent of your your employees and a demand from the side of the employer to say, I have these projects, I need these skills, is there someone available, right? And so that 
that agility is something that becomes very organic in an organization because people are now able to take more on based on their skills. On the employee side, employees are also not looking to follow very linear careers, right? We have so many, so much of our population in early career. And why just early career? Everyone at whatever stage of their careers are looking to grow more east-west versus just vertically, right? And to that point, they are also looking to develop skills that may not actually have been you know, what they've historically done, right? So it's about, you know, we, we are living in the AI world, you know, people have aspirations that they want to follow. And so this then becomes a place where they actually codify what they want to do, the skills they want to build and the skills that they have, which can then match up with this on the demand side from the employer, right? So like you can see, this is really helping the employers be more agile, address the talent shortages and, you know, be able to move talent within to unlock potential. And for the employee side, it's helping them develop themselves in new ways Hmm. and get to explore something new while not making like a big dramatic change of an organization, which, which is, which is quite a lot, right? Because every organization has a different culture. So they get to do that where they are and they still, still are able to develop themselves and experience something new. Right. So that's a great proposition, you know, of an internal talent marketplace, which is why it is like such a viral concept, I would say, in, in the in the talent management world right now. Yeah, it's usually attractive, obviously a big endeavor, which we can get into your approach. But it's interesting. The next question I was going to ask you is, is what do you see changing with regards to talent mobility and what people really want from companies in their careers? What I'm hearing from you is something I've been seeing as well. People are really wanting to know, how am I going to grow in my career? What opportunities are are there for me to get experience doing different things? Because I think people are becoming more and more aware that you can't just get a college degree and work in a job for 30 years. Like it's just changing so fast. You'll, you'll be disrupted. And so we want to know, okay, what skills am I going to gain from working here? And if you make it worth it, maybe I'll stay longer. Absolutely. And I wrote an article, Andy, on LinkedIn. It was titled The Happiness Algorithm. And it talked about this whole change of what employees are expecting from employers today. And they are expecting so much more from employers than they used to, right? And they are almost thinking of how can I, like that happiness that we talked about, which sounds like a very fuzzy concept, is something that talent management professionals, people in HR are actually scientifically approaching now to say what what do they mean when they say happiness right it's career fulfillment it's it's financial happiness it's a wellness right it's it's just work life balance uh, or integration that we've experienced right and how all of those things are affecting the overall life and lifestyle of of employees right so i would say that you know those those expectations have also had a dramatic shift post-pandemic, right? What employees are expecting from employers. And that is, I think, also defining evolution of solutions like internal talent marketplace, which makes more sense because it empowers employees to really follow what makes them happy versus having a very formulaic this is what we think will make you happy. So we are giving it to you, right? It's like, no, you decide what will make you happy. And we are just enabling you to go follow that path. Mm. 
Yeah, it's so big. I can see how that's it's going to be so attractive to younger and newer employees coming into the workplace saying, oh, there's, a, there's an opportunity for me to just hop on and figure out what I want to do next and, and follow this path. And you're going to make it easier for me with technology. One of the things I've noticed as I've been doing work with organizations on this the same topic is that you know, you can create the technology to or the platform for people to do that, but you need the the culture, you need the right mindset, and you really need support from leadership, right? You need leaders to say, like, oh yeah, I support you in going and finding these opportunities versus the hoarders, the talent hoarders, right? They're like, no, you're never leaving my team. I can't afford yes. to leave you, right? So yes. how do you develop leaders and educate leaders so that they're supportive of this type of concept and culture? Yeah, well, that is definitely, uh, you know, again, a mindset shift that we need to bring by really telling them what is happening, right? And how all of these changes are taking place and whether we recognize it or not, they are happening, right? And I think the leaders and people like managers did get a taste of it during the pandemic where people just left jobs without having other jobs, right? Like they they really made sure that the employers know that if they want to keep employees, they need to think about working and jobs differently, right? They won't just be able to hold people down by offering them more money or, you know, by offering them the next promotion, they, the, the needs have changed, right? So some of this was just organic in terms of what we went through. And some of it is is obviously making them aware of how this actually helps them, right? So the, the point that I made earlier that by doing this, they are unlocking potential of their own teams. You know, sometimes it's important for people to do gigs, to move out, to experience something different, to then come back as much more experienced in, in doing what they were doing earlier, right? So I think it's all about telling them the long term, telling them the big picture. And in my experience of working with leaders and uh, managers at Juniper, they've responded to it exceedingly well. And Mm -hmm. they have, you know, they just got it. And and it is not considered as something that HR is driving, but it is something they are driving. Our numbers sort of help us prove that because they they get the fact that they need to do this in order to to create that employee experience retain their employees and also get more out of them right so it's both driving performance and driving engagement and i feel like this is something that enables both and and that makes the business case for talent mobility that's really cool and i love hearing that the leaders are on board and and helping to drive this if not you know sitting in the driver's seat and driving it forward you mentioned gigs a couple times and I know this is something because we've talked a little bit before this, that you're really building in this idea of people taking on gigs, managers posting gigs, and leaning more into this idea of gig work or gig economy. Can you talk more about how that factors in and why you think that's so important for the future? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, earlier when you hear the word gigs, you know, you, you'll probably think of like a side job, like maybe, mm-hmm. maybe I'm driving Uber alongside, right? So but i think i think gigs need to be understand understood uh, more broadly and and the value that that you can get out of gigs is so high that you know i think their attraction just becomes obvious once it's sort of made available as an option for employees to grow their career so in terms of how does like gig economy factor in here for our internal talent mobility or internal talent marketplace we call it generate a career connect jcc we have this idea of gigs planted in there. So we are encouraging 
on one hand, leaders and managers to think about jobs in terms of what can be projectized, what, what is the project-based component of their job that can be put up as a gig. Or there is any other aspect that is more temporary, can take a temporary skill uh, or resource, can that be put up as a gig? We often think of like contract workers, right? Can can that job be put up as a gig, right? So, so what we ended up getting, therefore, after doing this exercise is project-based short-term assignments, right? Which very clearly define what is expected, what skills are required, what are the outcomes, uh, and Uh, So that's there, that creates a repository. And then for employees through the platform, they get suggestions of gigs that will match up the skills that they want to develop, right? And so what it opens for the employees is this opportunity of going and experiencing what it is like to work in a different area where either they already have proven expertise or what they are looking to build. And then in that way, also experience working with another team, another manager, another environment within Juniper, right? And so it sort of de-risks their their career movement, you know, internally, because, you know, you're always like, even when you're changing companies, you always have that hesitation of like, is it going to work out? Am I going to like it? Are they going to like me? And so you can, you know, do this experimentation using gigs as you also develop your skills. And as you also productively contribute to something that the manager is trying to do, right? Either they are trying to solve a problem or they're trying to get some research done or they could be a whole lot of things that gigs can be created around. But it is definitely adding value to the employer as it's adding value to the employee. So so that's the whole gig economy. And it's, it's the idea of like working alongside your core job on other areas where you want to build skills and having projects that can enable that. Really cool. I think that's something that I feel like people have been talking about for many years, but I haven't seen too many companies truly implementing it. Mm -hmm. And with that in mind, I want to get into the implementation side because we've been speaking about things more from a philosophical standpoint, people probably nodding their heads like, yes, this all makes sense, but how do you actually implement this? So what's been your approach to setting up this internal marketplace and, and making it a reality? Yes. So our approach obviously started with the mindset to say, we need to do this because it makes sense. It makes sense for us. It makes sense for our employees. Once that was done, it was about, okay, what would be the tool? You know, what would be the the product that will help us drive this, this shift, right? And so we identified, you know, um, Fuel50 is our partner there. We, we, we have adopted their platform. And the core of the this launch is not like a tool launch or a tool adoption, right? Although this platform is serving as the big unifier of where people are bringing their skills and people are getting this, this value out of it. And so in terms of setting it up, the initial part of it was, really getting the system ready, right? And it needs a lot of starting data, which includes the skills taxonomy. Some of it is available. Some of it is driven by uh, from, from the vendor. And then launching it, not all things are perfect, right? And I am a big believer of, of imperfections, right? And, and, you know, there is this Japanese art of wabi-sabi, I think it's called, where you purposefully embed an imperfection while in in an art form like in, in a pot or that you are you're baking or or something like that 
And R2 launch, I would say, compares to that. It, it's, it's, it was definitely an art form. We really think internal talent marketplace is cool, but it was not perfect when we launched it because a lot of it had to organically develop. But we had our leaders really lend their voice to it. And it led us to sort of drive a lot of ad- adoption, engagement, and impact measures, which helped us keep track of how that's going. And it's not a journey that uh, I would say is complete. Like we are on that path of a very successful launch in a year since we sort of started this journey. And we are continuing to sort of see how it's impacting us at various levels. Yeah, I, I like the approach. And I like that you mentioned that you started, you have to start with mindset. That's really the most important thing, because like we talked about, you can invest in tons of other stuff, but if people don't believe in it, they're not you're not on board, they're not going to use it, they're not aligned, uh, it's not going to matter. Now, mm-hmm. when we get to the technology, you mentioned that you're partnering with Fuel50. That's one I'm familiar with. I've worked with other companies who are working with Fuel50 as their technology platform. So I know it's gotten pretty popular, but I'm curious, how did you go about evaluating technology and some of these partnerships? Because there are many out there. Of course, right? So I think one of our big criteria was ease of use, you know, how how user-friendly is the platform, right? We really wanted to make it intuitive because the worst thing you could do is give people something really cool and make it really hard for them to get to that great outcome, right? So we really want the tool to be like just almost available in stealth. It has to be intuitive to get people to where they want quickly, right? So that was one of our big criterias. The other thing was that what we liked about the Fuel50 approach was that they they made the whole internal talent marketplace concept more than just bringing this demand and supply side of things, right? Like, okay, here are the jobs, here are the skills. They actually created some really beautiful pathways for people to build the skills, right? So once you create your personal sort of exercise of putting in what are your skills, what do you want to build? You know, that is the whole thing that generates the AI component of it, it sort of leads you into various ways in which you can build the skill, right? Starting from, do you want to get feedback on the skills? So ask a few people in the organization, how would you rate you? How would they rate you on this skills, including your manager? Do you want to have a learning module on this skills, right? Do you want to mentor on the skill, right? And that has been like such a great concept and something that our organization really embraced, you know, beautifully was like, we have so much mentoring potential, like people who want to mentor, who can mentor, which was not being tapped. And since the time we rolled this out, there are so many mentors on the platform and there are so many connections that are happening across the board, across regions, which is again, contributing to that idea of internal mobility because now people are talking more broadly. So so the mentor is an option for you to develop the skills and then gigs, right? So gigs is another way in which you can explore. And then lastly, if you're ready and if you explore these options, even the internal job openings are available in this platform. So hey, these are the jobs that are open, which are available, which you might want to, you know, look at and consider, right? So So we felt that the Fuel50 proposition was very complete and it sort of ties to that development philosophy that we had, which is like, how am I enabling and empowering employees to really drive their careers in meaningful ways, you know, and these are all the avenues that they can leverage towards that Mm -hmm. goal. 
Oh, so, so much great stuff there. A lot of great reasons. And I love that you looked at, okay, what are our objectives? What's the end, you know, keeping the end in mind? What do we want to achieve? What do we want things to look like? What's the best partner to help us achieve that? How do we build all these things in? You mentioned building mentoring in as well, and all the connections that are coming from that, which is really cool when you get people using it. Sticking with technology, I'm curious, you know, how are you leveraging artificial intelligence or AI, which is something that everybody's talking about, right? And I see so much potential there to help mm-hmm. people figure out what their career path could look like. So how's AI being leveraged here for more talent mobility? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely come from the human resource function. So <laughs> I have a big belief in, in the human intelligence, but I mean, we cannot deny the power of AI there, right? Like we all understand today is every individual is different. Their needs are different, right? Their aspirations are different. And so when we think about from a time management perspective, developing solutions that are scalable, but at the same time, customized, right? Then AI becomes that that solution because you're not no longer able to have those standard solutions that will work for all. And so how are you going to cater to, to individual aspirations? And that is where the AI component of talent mobility comes in, because like I said, when people fill up their personal personal exercises on, on the tool, which is a quick like 10, 12 minute exercise, it sort of personalizes the experience of the entire platform around what they want to do. Right. So I might be an HR professional who's only been in the HR space from the beginning of my my 20 plus year career, but I may have skills or aspirations to do something in marketing because I have a creative side, which I've been leveraging somehow in my HR role but I would love to see what it is. So AI will capture that part of it, right? And will then suggest, hey, there is a gig, would you like to try? And I might be encouraged to do that because I always knew I wanted to do it, right? So so that part of like, like humanizing the application of AI is, is of great value, value to any tool like this. And that's how, you know, we hope and we are leveraging AI for this. Um, 100%. We talked a lot about the technology. It sounds like what you're putting in place is so groundbreaking and will enable so many connections and so much more talent mobility, more mentorship, like you mentioned. The other key thing, we've talked a little bit about this, but is how do you get people to use it, right? Because technology is worthless if people are not using it until everything's just run by robots. But for now, we need the humans to be using the technology, right? So how do you communicate it and really get people on board and, and getting the user adoption up, as they say? Absolutely. So one is that, you know, we have we have made it a corporate priority for us, right? Like regardless of whatever is happening in the macro environment, people are still the most important focus area for, for Juniper. It has always been. And so we continue to invest in our people, right? And so our leaders, our CEO made it a corporate priority for us to really go towards this concept of internal talent mobility led by this internal talent marketplace which will enable that. And so they lend their voice to it, which was actually a very big factor that led to its success because it never got understood as something being launched um, by HR, right? It was always understood with the business case of why we need to do this, how this is important and how leaders, and they, uh, they, led by example. So we have all of our leaders in the platform as mentors, they on and off will open up slots and we encourage people to to sign up 
as mentors, even though they may be early in career, because we do believe in reverse mentoring. So it's not that you have to be a certain level to be a mentor or a certain position. You could be, you know, uh, just joined the company, but you may have a skill that you can train on. And so you could be. So some of those ideas just organically grew, you know, our early career really embraced this too, because they were like, oh yeah, I, I want to like, I'm just coming off of a, uh, a, an intern showcase, which happened yesterday. And so many of our interns signed up for core project and they also took up gigs through the through this platform, right? Because they wanted to do more. They had yeah. time at hand and they wanted to like just diversify their experience. So some of it was organic. Some of this was leader driven. We have from the HR side been focusing on certain metrics, right? So I, I did mention this earlier, but we do have adoption metrics, which is purely like how many people in coming into the platform, what's uh, how many mentors are signing up in the platform. Then we have engagement metrics that once they've come into the platform, what are they doing there? Right. Mm. And, you know, how could we get them to do repeat? Our repeat usage has been phenomenal. We have like about 60 plus percentage of users who return to the platform. So that tells us that there is something that's engaging them. So we're keeping track of that. And then, of course, there are impact measures, which is like when people come here, what is happening then? Is that leading to more internal moves? Is that leading to better retention? Is that leading to better engagement even? Are there some correlations we can go for that can help us inform our understanding of our people? So I think a mix of these measures at different levels is sort of helping us drive focus towards and adoption of this platform. Very cool. That's it's great how you're thinking about that and leveraging the data too to really take the temperature and see what's working. Speaking of that, we have talked a lot about how you set everything up and what's working. I'm sure everything did not go perfectly. You mentioned you're a big fan of embracing imperfections, wabi-sabi, progress over perfection. What are some of the challenges that you've run into so far in setting this up? Several, right? And and the starting, like right at the implementation, we didn't have a perfect a sort of job architecture to offer to the vendor to, to say that, okay, let's let's just make these career paths using this, right? It was a little messy, but we prepared the business and our clients to expect that, you know, to 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 allow us to be in that zone of like, we'll figure this out, right? So we didn't have that. That was one of the challenge. We are still sort of working through that to make all those career paths looks look perfect but the other one is like it is a change right so when you talk about gigs it sounds like a cool idea but there are so many more questions that comes with gigs to say at what point do I involve my manager you know what role uh, does my manager have in you know allowing me to spend my time on this gig right how would we solve for the gap that might get created if someone was doing gigs, right? We are going through a lot of exercises to really understand what could be some of the solutions. So what are some guidelines for gigs, for example, right? Like when can people lower gigs, you know, what can be uh, the nature of that engagement? What can, cannot happen during a gig, right? So things of that nature that we are still in the process of defining, but they've been sort of, uh, I wouldn't call them challenges, but they are, all sort of 
good problems, which is helping us get more and more clearer and articulate about what are we trying to achieve here, you know, and and how can we make this happen by in the least a disruptive way, you know, both for the the organizations that are giving their talent to other organizations and and the receiving organizations as well, right? So so this is something that we'll continue to solve for. But yeah, you can expect uh, changes and challenges. Know, if you're implementing something like an internal talent marketplace, but it's a very cool concept to still embrace and 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 adopt in some form. Yeah, it's great to hear. You know, there's always going to be challenges when you're doing something this big. Last thing I guess I'd ask is is what's next, or or really what's missing if there's anything we didn't cover, and and what are you looking forward to doing next? Yeah, I mean, I I do believe in staying with with uh, the product, you know, for a while. So our our like I said, this is a corporate priority for Juniper in 2023. Although uh, I don't expect it to be a corporate priority next year, right? Because uh, of course, you know, things. But we have a three year roadmap for internal talent marketplace, and we know what we are going to be expecting. The uh, you know we we are creating our product vision and strategy for. Uh, what this product should look like at the end of year two, year three, all right, what impact measures, you know, should look like um, there and what kind of adoption uh, metrics are, are going to tell us what's going on, right? So we have a pretty defined next steps here. I'm not looking to sort of introduce anything new, but I we are definitely looking to see how we can culturally embed some of these things. So for example, mentoring, we we did start the, uh, the concept of a mentoring week this time, right? To bring focus on one aspect of it. We're going to make it a recurring every year thing to celebrate mentoring. Similarly, we are doing a spotlight on gigs, you know, later this year. We are evolving some products alongside, uh, which will help us emphasize different aspects of this platform and remind people of this great, you know, benefit that they have of accessing a platform to explore more in their careers. So those are some of the next things and I'm looking forward to them. Excellent. Well, yeah, I know you've got some some great events planned. We've, we've chatted about that. And I think that's important for raising awareness and getting people excited about the platform, the mentoring, the gigs, and, and all the things you're doing. So excited to see what comes from that. And Deep, this is great. Thank you so much for for leading the way and coming on to share everything that you've been doing, because I know a lot of other people are thinking about doing this or starting to do this in their organizations. It really, I see it as the way of the future in career development. You know, we, we need people to take ownership of their careers. We need managers to be on board, but we need organizations to be creating cultures and platforms where people can gain more skills, move around and really grow in their careers, what people want. And it sounds like you're you're building that. So thanks again for coming on and sharing. I appreciate it and looking forward to talking with you more soon. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure being here. Absolutely, take care. Thank you. All right, that will do it for my conversation with Deep Mahajan from Juniper Networks. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. We really covered a lot of ground there talking about how they are building out their internal talent marketplace, the software they're using, the mentoring they've set up, how they're driving adoption, the three-year roadmap, the mentoring week that they're setting up, so many things, how they're moving toward more towards skills, what employees are expecting in development today, why they're moving more towards this, why they're pushing more gigs in the workplace, and much, much more. I took a bunch of notes. I hope you did as well. Or you may want to go back and listen to it again. And if you are in 
involved in building a talent marketplace or you're thinking about it or you're trying to create more talent mobility in your organization, we will be having a call with Deep inside the Talent Development Think Tank community later this year where we'll dig into some of the topics she talked about, ask questions, have a conversation about it, get into the nuts and bolts of how they're building their program and even get the update because I'm sure it's changing every month or so. And if you're not a member, you need to come join us in our community. It's talentdevelopmentthinktank.com. Just click on community and all the information is there on all our three tiers, everything we have going on. Once you join, you get access to our live calls that we have every Wednesday, as well as our private Slack channel and our library content and trainings from the last three years. Again, that's talentdevelopmentthinktank.com. Thank you again for listening. I appreciate you. Stay tuned. Our next episode will be my bonus Q&A round with Deep Mahajan, which is a good one. And I look forward to talking more with you then. Take care.